0: Utah, for the second straight year, falls in the Rose Bowl, this time to Penn State. But the biggest question being asked right now, was that Cam Rising's last game in a Utes uniform? Let's go. Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is shared with me by my man J.T. Wistersill of Locked On Utes, smiling through the pain, I hope, over there after another Rose Bowl defeat for Utah. You can catch him on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts JT how are you holding up have you have you have you kept the alcohol drinking at a minimum
1: (laughs) I can't say about the other students who I sat next to at the day yesterday (laughs) but um I I I sure tried to um yeah that was I mean that was tough Spencer I mean yeah you know just felt like this was Utah's year I felt like last year as everyone said last year Lucky to be there. Awesome. Outstanding performance against a team that you were supposed to lose to anyways in Ohio State. Like, this is it's going to be great for Utah coming back. Penn State, we got it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just not so much. Cam's injury, all that, just really disappointing final outing for what was ended up being kind of a crazy and special Utah team that repeated his back-to-back Pac-12 champs.
0: Which is still a great thing. However, the question that people have on their minds right now, JT, was that disappointing game. That did not go as planned, especially when you consider Cam Rising left the game with an injury again and nope. didn't get to finish the Rose Bowl, which is a bummer and a half. Was that his last game as a Ute?
1: I could build up a bunch of suspense, but I'm just going to come out and say it was not his last game as a Ute okay. in my opinion. And I feel very strong in saying that. Let's do a time jump back because I think people might be surprised if they've listened to me or just follow this whole situation or follow your show too and follow this situation. This was supposed to be Cam's final game. I think to start the season, he envisioned his final game being a Rose Bowl or a college football playoff game. Obviously, that was out the window a while ago. Josh Furlan of KSL.com, I want to give him a shout-out because he's he's very key in this story to me. He asked him in a post-game press conference, Cam, against Stanford, Utah's final home game of the season, final game at Rice-Eccles, Is it, do you believe this is your last game at Rice-Eccles? He said, I believe it is. And that's how the press conference ended. Everyone got up and left. Everyone started going nuts on social media, losing their minds that, hey, this is it. This is Cam's final game. No, I have not heard this from anyone. I really believe the Oregon game really changed things. I felt like any draft stock Cam had left, whether that was a day three guy, which has felt like what he was still kind of trying to cling and hold on to after some very up and down performances, to put it mildly early on. Totally agree. Yeah, second half against Oregon. I felt like that just sunk it. Um, just a devastating performance for Cam in terms of draft stop. I felt like it plummeted, so there wasn't really any option for him in terms of I didn't feel like he's going to get drafted. So that's undrafted free agent. Now fast forward to leading up to the Rose Bowl, Utah repeats his back-to-back Pac-12 champions. There's obviously a lot of excitement around the program and everything going on there. And then all of a sudden you start to hear these whispers and rumors. I had Josh once again for a time on my show last week. He told me that he doesn't now think anymore that Cam is going to go. He thinks Cam is coming back. Talked with other people who are just around in the media circle who think cam is going to come back I talked to someone yesterday who said they had spoken to cam's dad and they told me that he was going to come back then that they said cam was coming back there too so that's where it's like it's a bunch of he said she said basically but I'll also throw in this of why I think he's coming back because I mentioned the biggest thing for me was the Oregon game with the way the college landscape has changed I think nil money really impacts and change things I believe cam rising can make more money as a quarterback staying at Utah than he can going on to play in the nfl because he's going to be an undrafted free agent i forget what the undrafted salary is i don't it's not even a million dollars i think there's a chance he could exceed it's a that couple in- hundred k exactly and i think he can well exceed that staying at utah so you're, it's a better financial gain. you're going to actually play and start next year in meaningful games and the other huge thing i think that was the nail in the coffin of him staying as i mentioned i haven't spoken to can specifically this is all just what i'm hearing in different things that i'm relaying to you guys i think the injury really just finalized everything because you are not getting drafted by some nfl he's not getting drafted you're not getting even signed by some nfl team with an injury we don't know um, still hasn't been released exactly what the injury is, how long the timeline is out for. Wit never disclose, discloses these kind of things. I think it's going to be a lengthy one. I don't think if Utah had a game next week, I don't think Cam's playing in it, at, obviously, if he came out in street clothes from the previous one. So he's going to miss a lot of time. He's not going to be able to do anything at if he would have tried to go to the Senior Bowl or any of those kind of things. Who knows if he would have gotten an invite because of his lack of those strong performances. So I think that was the final nail in the coffin. He's going to come back to Utah. He's going to rehab. He's going to make more money, in my opinion, just based on how the NIL cycle is working, not – you're the quarterback who's been with the team for a couple seasons so I look at all that and look forward to the future and I really think that Cameron is going to be starter next year and the final nail in that coffin was his injury he will stay at Utah and rehab it
0: well that'd certainly be the best situation for Utah though they have some promising players in that quarterback room as they look to the future anytime you have a guy of Cam's caliber who's you know, uh, a reigning from 2021 first-team All-Pac-12 performer and has led your team to back-to-back conference championships and Rose Bowl uh, appearances, that's a guy you'd rather have than not. I, I'm with you on the draft stock thing for sure because I don't think his draft stock is that high to begin with. He he is big enough. He's mobile enough. I think he processes defenses well enough. His arm talent yep. is, is, not, is not high level. I don't think he has a top-five arm in the Pac-12. I agree with that. I, I think you know. Caleb Williams is above him. Bo Nix is above him. Now DJU is above him. Michael Penix is above him. Cam Ward is above him. Tanner McKee is above him. Uh, yeah. You know DTR this year, and yeah, you look at guy, sure. yeah, yeah, and It doesn't mean he's not one of the better quarterbacks, but when you're talking about the NFL, they're looking for traits. His mobility—that's an NFL caliber trait for sure. But I think you even compare him to a guy like Tyler Huntley. Huntley's got a, a better arm. Cam is a better college player. It. But, yeah, I, I think that, that that's a, a component of it a, as well. So, with that being said, I, I'm i leaning on you here. That's why I brought you on the show. I think it would make a lot of sense for him to come back. I think that's the best-case best, say, best case situation for Utah. And, it, you know, just r- really, really fast, JT. Not just the injury, but also the, the loss Right. There is that feeling that players chase of riding off into the sunset. I mean, that had to play a fact that has to be playing a factor too. This I shouldn't say had because this is not a final situation yet, but that has to factor into it as well, right? To get to that game and come up short again. Like leaving with a bad taste in your mouth and an injury, I have to feel like that that's gonna, you know, start to pile up the factors as to why he would return.
1: I absolutely agree. I think it just adds to the motivation of You've taken this Utah team. Last year, you took them to a height they hadn't reached before and came short in the Rose Bowl. You had an opportunity to take them to a new height once again with the Rose Bowl championship, and you can't get it done. And in both of those instances, you weren't in control at the end of the games because you were sitting and watching on the sidelines. I think something – Cam is the ultimate competitor. We talk about how many Utah fans last year viewed the Rose Bowl loss as a win. Cam sure didn't. He was You could tell he was still mad about it in spring ball. That's just the kind of competitor he is. He wants to be out there. Wants to be able to make those plays for his guys too. And I can tell you can just feel like it's just, he won- it's, it's unfinished business. It really is in terms of, yes, winning Pac 12 championships is great. But I mean, all Utah has to do, and it, look, it's hard to be one of the 12 best teams in college football. We're going to learn that a lot next year. But all Utah has to do is reach the same height in terms of their record on a season. And they can reach a new height in terms of being welcomed into the postseason play of the first ever college football tournament. I think that's very enticing to Cam in this group. And I'll also say, there's a lot of rumors about these other guys floating around. Is Devon Bailey coming back? Is Brent Keithy coming back? Those Is Mackay Bernard? Is R.J. Hubert? All those tides seem to kind of be shifting where those guys seem gone, and now it seems like they may be coming back. Um, it's a loaded Pac-12 conference next year. I know we're going to talk about that later, Spencer, but with the Utes having this many returners, I think they're going to be in a good position to still make some noise in the conference because they're going to have guys back who have reached the mountaintop in terms of Pac-12 conference play.
0: Yeah, the conference is stacked like a deck of cards, man, with storylines, great teams, and outstanding players, particularly at the quarterback position. Uh, unfortunately, that was again a revolving door for the Utes in this Rose Bowl game. What? Why exactly did it all go wrong against Penn State? Well... I wouldn't have bet that it would have gone that way because we both thought it was going to go in a different direction. Utah was favored, according to our friends at BetOnline, your number one source for sports bidding, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college, bowl season, and everything in between, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. online is where the game starts. Worthy of note, they did eventually flip Penn State to being a slight, slight favorite, yeah. but the line Good never time. really wavered bigger than three, and Penn State ultimately controlled the game. So let's get into that game. it's easy to look at how it played out and say, well, no Cam Rising, that didn't, uh, that, 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 that did a man, right? And I watched most of that game, JT. Even if Cam Rising had been there, it looked like Penn State was was just the better football team.
1: I agree. And I said that on my show too. I felt like that if Cam had played, it's a much more competitive game. I feel like it ends 28 to 35. And not, I mean, that game honestly was more like a 35 to 14. Utah scored that late kind of garbage time touchdown to make it a little closer than it was. I feel like you, the Utes are in this game all the way. I never want to completely count Utah and Cam out. I mean, they were down 17 to 3 in the Pac 12 championship and raised the deficit like that. So I think there's a chance they could have come back and won the game. But based on what we were seeing, the Utah defense really struggled in the second half. I mean, you just, you can't give up two touchdowns of over 85 yards on third down pin deep in the, in their own territory too penn state was and win games and that's really what happened there penn state had one good late drive too to help final th- finish things off and You know, late, they kind of just shifted into running the ball, too. So who knows what other damage they could have piled on at the end if, let's say, Cam got in there. And, uh, look, Utah was marching when Cam got hurt, so maybe they are able to score. But I will also add, just being fair and honest, Utah had also put together other drives that reached midfield and then stalled with Cam at the helmet quarterback. So it's no guarantee with him in there that they would have gone touchdown after touchdown after touchdown against the best defense they honestly played all season long. I thought Penn State was phenomenal, even without Joey Porter Jr. Their secondary was lights out. The Utes receivers really struggled to create separation. Devon made some big plays, but I mean, even his 50-yarder, the corner's with him all the way. In fact, Devon just was adjusted to the ball better at the last second. He came back and made the play. It was just a bad job by that corner locating the ball, but he was there in coverage all the way. Dalton Kincaid's absence was really felt in this one too, and – yeah, it just feels like even if Utah did play, especially because of those defensive issues. One thing, Utah had so much success against USC is because Caleb Williams was hurt, and then they're just blitzing and throwing the house and using all these different pressures. Penn State, even without their top tackle prospect, who decided to come back for another year in Fashano, they were outstanding up front. They held the Utes to three sacks, but overall it just felt like a lot of those big third down plays when Utah needed to get home. Utah actually converted more third downs in this game, which just watching the game live, I wasn't looking at the stats all game. I was just there as a... Uh, Excuse me i uh, npc whatever you want to call it i just totally blanked on it basically someone watching the bleachers um anyways that it really felt like penn state converted those downs when they needed to most whether that was after midfield in their own territory they made those plays because the youth's defense whether that was no clark phillips in the secondary and i think you Sometimes take a guy like that for granted because he does just erase half the field a lot of times, and you can just do so many things off him, knowing like, well, what's Clark doing? Well, he's he's shutting someone down. That's what you know is going to happen. Utah didn't have that. Some of their linebacker deficiencies on the season. Uh, R.J. Hubert brought up the coverage bust that led to the ADR touchdown pass. The touchdown run was a well-done job by the Penn State coaching staff. They faked a check to the sideline. And yeah, they ran that was sharp.
0: Quick. I Yeah, I, I, I saw that all happen and i was like man that was that that's some high level stuff and that takes a tremendous level of coaching and timing and execution yep. and and attention to detail for for that team to be able to pull that off james franklin's a really good football coach right it's not like yes. utah yes. got punked here he by some scrub team with a scrub coaching staff and it was just you know so it wasn't a, holds
1: like every Penn State quarterback record. I know he gets aligned yeah, a, a lot but he's still that's yeah. a really good program. He did a lot of good things there and he was pretty good yesterday.
0: Yeah, he he did. And is Penn State at Michigan and Ohio State's level? No. Clearly they are not. However, do you know how many teams in the country are because when you look at the next cadre of teams that 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 are kind of outside the playoff looking team, in and clearly aren't there? Yeah, it it is a top 10 team and I think they prove that Still, it's it's really disappointing. I, I mean, that oh, sure. is a disappointing performance from, from Utah. And no Kincaid, no Clark Phillips. That also leaves you asking what if. You know, Cam, Rising in, Cam Rising's injury, sure. But they played without him for part of the game. And they won a game at Washington State this year, which is not an easy place to win with Bryson Barnes, a quarterback. But how much of an impact do you think those two opt-outs played in this one?
1: I mean, they were huge. I mean, I think about the big drop that Thomas Yasmin had in this one right before the half where it feels like momentum's totally different if you get that big play. And uh, look, when Cam was under duress sometimes, I think instead of tucking and running some of those, he's given Dalton a chance because Dalton's a guy who, I mean, look, he might not always create separation, but even when he's covered, in a lot of ways, you go up there and give him a chance because he's just that kind of a playmaker who comes down and comes away with those kind of catches. Cam didn't have his guy out there. And I talked about a lot last week how I felt like in some ways that might help because he has to distribute the ball and spread it around. But this was against a really good secondary where it's like, oh, there's nowhere to spread the ball because no one's getting open. So it would kind of help to have your guy who's just leads your team in receiving yards for a reason. Then Clark on the other side, um, yeah, I mentioned him a little bit. I just think defensively you could have just used your shutdown corner because it allows you to do so many things on the other side. One of the leaders of this defense, one of the leaders of this team in Clark. their best players on the season. So it was a tough blow for the Utes.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly was. And, you know, your wi fis has taken a couple tough blows in the midst of this show, but it's it's nothing nothing too detrimental, uh, thankfully, at, at this point in time. But let, let, let's get to what happens next for, for Utah, because I thought they just got outplayed in that game, whereas they played Ohio State evenly a year ago. this one Penn state was just the better football team. And I think that's disappointing for Utah because it almost feels like after you repeated as conference champs, it was a step back in the granddaddy of them all. It was not as good uh, of a performance and still that, that aspect of of their trophy case remains unfilled, but going forward now, let's say cam rising does come back. What what's next for, for, for you, for the Utes.
1: I mentioned a couple of the other guys that they hope come back and Brant Keithy, Devon Vele. I think Mackay Bernard, like if he comes back, great. If not, I mean, how about you, Quinton Jackson, in that touchdown run? I mean, I can't even tell you how excited I am for that guy with a full offseason. He's good. Now. By the next time we see him still adjusting to playing the running back position, gets so much work. It's going to be so important for him in the offseason. I think he's just going to explode and take off next season. Um, we know what Brant could mean. If you lose Dalton, you might as well get the other guy back who is going to be part of the best tight end duo in the nation, so I think that'll be huge for this Utah team. they got some big transfers coming in from programs like Stanford, Ole Miss, the recruiting class. I expect a couple of those guys to still contribute early on. I think that's the encouraging thing about this Utah football team is in a lot of ways, their future is bright because of how strong those recruits are. Those guys with that higher ceiling and that potential to be able to take Utah to the next level, but it's going to be tough next year. The conference is really good it's loaded with talented teams I think for the Utes they need to get some guys healthy right Van Fillinger and Jonah Ellis were the this team's two best defensive ends overall I feel like Gabe Reed was a better pass rusher this season than Van Phillinger but those were their two best defensive ends Van Fillinger and Jonah Ellis and they didn't play in this game so they need to get them back um and healthy and maybe need to add another veteran pass rusher I think could really help this use this team because you're also losing diabate who ended up leading this team in sacks and forced a big fumble on caleb williams something that no one has been able to do all season long he's not going to be in there um and i think also i got to shift to the offensive side i've mentioned a lot of guys look brayden daniels has just been a stalwart on this offensive line he's a four-year starter and he was the left tackle he was outstanding first team all conference he's not going to be there next year and look satala may was named first team right tackle I I felt like that one was is a very good player. I didn't know if he was worthy of the first team selection. As much as I don't want to crap on one of my guys, I think Satao is very good, but I don't have faith in a guy who's playing his first year at tackle to just, boom, make the switch to left tackle, another switch to the outside. I think that's going to be a lot. So, look, it's going to it's hard to find elite offensive linemen in the transfer portal, so that'll be challenging. And, look, the transfer portal is also drying up, so that's where it's going to be tough for this team to add. The other thing they could really use is an elite wide receiver on the outside.
0: One, one thing that's always very important to remember with the transfer portal, though, this initial window is still open until January 18th, and then it will close. But then it will reopen again in the spring. So there will that's be another point. opportunity, and there will be another wave of guys who will go through spring practice or have conversations with coaches about where they stand on the depth chart and then decide whether or not that particular program is still the, the best place for them to be. So while, while I agree with you, it's not as hot on the transfer portal front as it was, say, two weeks ago, right, in the middle of December, there is still an opportunity, I think, for the Utes to dip their toe in the water on that front when when the spring cycle comes around. You just still have another national signing day coming up in, in February. Of course, they got uh, Spencer Fano, four-star offensive tackle that Oregon and Michigan were, were going after and heavily in the running for usually tougher offensive linemen to play as, as a true freshman. But, you know, having those sorts of bodies there uh, certainly helps. Another thing I want to ask you about Utah, JT. As you look to a loaded Pac-12 in 2023, and I mean just stacked like 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 tiramisu you know that's you you and me right there um now that i don't love a good cheeseburger i absolutely crave a double double from in and out as we're talking about all of this sort of stuff but i also enjoy a well-made tiramisu uh, that tells you a little bit about me. That's enough food talk for now. I could give you an hour podcast. I could, I could, we a could
1: give you a two hour food. Podcast.
0: <laughs> we could give you a daily two hour food podcast if uh, you would like, but we're here for football. And as you look at what's coming in the PAC 12 next year, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley are at USC chip Kelly's bringing in Dante Moore or a transfer quarterback from Kent state. One of them will start and he's got things rolling there in a, in a good way. Washington has the nation's leading passer back and their offensive coordinators back. Oregon has Bo Nix back and is doing very well in recruiting and in the transfer portal front. Oregon State just added DJ Uyunglele. Do you see where Colorado... I didn't even mention Coach Prime. I haven't even thrown that wild card that Utah plays every year into the mix. Who knows what that's going to be? I set all this up to ask you, In lieu of where the program is at right now, what the mood is after this game, what what are Utah's prospects for 2023?
1: I mean, I think the expectation will still be to, once again, win, go back to back to back as Pac-12 Conference champions. But as you just highlighted, Spencer, it's a lot tougher this coming year because it felt like the one challenge to Utah was USC— and uh, people didn't know what to expect from Oregon. I think Oregon really came on strong too. I, I should have, have loped Oregon in there too, but it felt like coming into the season there were three teams the chance to win a Pac-12 championship. I think the Vegas ended up favoring USC just because of the glitz and the glamour. But a lot of people thought USC was going to be overrated. And uh, look, they—I mean—they finished the season <laughs> kind of. They overperformed.
0: Like, they overperformed in my yes. view. I thought they would go no. nine and three and win their bowl game to get to ten and three, and they end the year at eleven and three. Yeah, not not the way I thought it would specifically go down, but still they they overperformed in year one
1: for sure. And but now another year with Lincoln Riley, another year of Caleb Williams too. you mentioned the quarterbacks in this conference. I mean, it's not the best year to be losing a guy who's going to be a first round pick at defensive back and uh, potentially a starting safety as well. No. Hubert ends up going um, and not having. Like I think Jonah Ellis is a good pass rusher. He is not this elite pass rusher who's going to constantly get after the quarterback. That was the weakness of this Utah defense a lot of the season. Hey, they weren't able to get pressure with four. So it's going to be hard. They have some tough games next year, too. Talk about at Washington. That was one thing Utah kind of was able to duck this past season was the Huskies. And with Michael Panix coming back, the things he's able to do. Um, You get Oregon at home. But look, Oregon is, I mean, they're the kind of team they can beat you anywhere. So that's where it's going to be interesting to see how the Ducks handle. I don't know.
0: Last time Oregon went to Salt Lake City, I've (laughs) still got PTSD. So. (laughs)
1: I'll take the Utes and that That's, that's fair. I'm um, going back to Oregon State. During the Utes' that's first technical Championship season, that was their yep. only loss. I'll even loop in another one. They're not going to win the conference, but you want to talk about a game I could look at and be like, I, don't, I mean, if you're telling me Utah loses it, I'd be surprised, but I'm not like, there's no way they're losing that. At Arizona. I know yep. it sounds crazy, but... Love it. You love it. Do,
0: absolutely yeah. love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Arizona took such a big step this yep. year. If they can... Add a few pieces on defense. Get their ex's and O's a little bit better. Losing Dorian Singer to USC hurts a little on offense. But you still got Delore, You still got T-Mac. You got running backs. Yeah. I like Jed Fitch as a play caller. They know what they're doing there. Why can't
1: they get the upset?
0: And, and by the way, Arizona pulled a big upset this year that no one, myself yeah, included, right. saw coming. They're a 20-point road underdog to UCLA, and they walk out of there as the victors. I think that is a, a great point. I am... Arizona is one of the most interesting teams to me because in all this conference uh, shuffling that we're talking about here in the contenders, you look at teams with situations that I've spoken highly of here on this show. Washington State with Jake Dickert. Are they going to take a step step back? Seems like they could be poised for it. Arizona, are they going to take a step forward? They could be poised. But what is that step forward? Is that just getting to 6-6 and and bowl eligibility? Or is that going eight and four and beating one of those teams in the upper echelon as they did this year, but winning more of those other conference games as well. I am intrigued in that front, but I, I think for Utah, they are, are certainly a team that can contend for a conference championship next year. Mm-hmm. This schedule is brutal. I mean, yep. brutal, brutal, brutal because Florida and Baylor, yeah, Florida and Baylor in the non-conference. You do have Oregon at home but you got to go at Oregon state where they've lost once in the last two years. You got to go at Washington. You got to go at USC and you also have to play UCLA. Like it's, it's it's arguably the toughest and Colorado's gonna be schedule, better Colorado's and Colorado's not going to be a doormat anymore Yep. because just by, by virtue of they've added a lot of talent already and will yep. continue to add more. So it's. I think that makes this loss almost sting a little bit more for the Utes when you look at what's coming next year. Because, look, if Cam Rising and Kyle Whittingham are there, and players like JaQuindon Jackson and Brant Keithy comes back, yes, they are still capable of being a quiet contender as they have been for the last couple of years in this conference. But the road is just tough. It's yeah. it's really really tough and they're losing some really good players from from this year's team and i, I just i look at that and say man that that makes not pulling out one of those rose bowls even tougher cuz getting to it this year <sighs> good luck to any to anybody who wants yep. to do that
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think you look at last year's, it was like, oh, we can can come back. We can make it back to the Rose Bowl because of the success. Like, oh, against Ohio State, we're the clear favorites. We have all our best players pretty much returning outside of Devin Lloyd, of course, and Britton Covey. But that's where it was like, oh, we'll be able to get back to this point. And you did. You got back to it and you lost. And that sucks because it's going to be really hard to get back next year. And I think there were a lot of people already talking about Utah taking a step back next year with obviously Cam's departure. And now it's even if Cam stays, it's just like, and this team's going to be very good in a lot of ways. They could even be better by some ways. I think it's going to be hard to replace guys like Clark, as I mentioned, but look at so many young players on the defensive side that just another year of experience for them that you think they should be stronger to um, four of the five stars along the offensive line are staying and they should be staying in the same position as well, I might add. But the conference is so much better. And last year there were all those games. Like obviously,
0: I mean, it was really good. It was really good this year. And you can yeah. so easily make yes, the case. We'll
1: Stanford and Arizona games It'll like be that. Better. Like, that was that was so easy. This predicting games to be like, yep, they're winning that. Yep, they're winning yep. that. Like you don't. Like we already mentioned, Arizona's a potential upset. Like what if every what if Utah has an outstanding season, everything's going right, and then all of a sudden Coach Prime, who's had a disappointing season, comes in with like three wins and somehow rallies the troops to beat Utah for the first time at Rice-Eccles Stadium since the Utah hasn't lost since 2019. Hold, like crazy hold, stuff. Hold,
0: hold the phone. Go ask a Colorado fan and let me know which of them would say three wins going into the Utah game would be a disappointing season, and I will show you a Colorado fan whose expectations are a little bit high. That's I right. think the over-under for Colorado's wins next year is set around like five and a half. If they got to four or five, victory yes,
1: for sure <laughs> quite yeah, quite,
0: quite literally you'd be yeah. quadrupling your wins from this yes. <laughs> year that be good in in year one but yeah i i can't wait i mean it's It'll a bummer awesome. that we have to wait many hundreds of days 242 for another pack. days as of the recording <sighs> by the
1: time y'all are listening to this it's two forty. we do have
0: spring games though we do have spring games yes. i love a good spring game we'll, yes. we'll certainly talk about those here on the show because they give you a nice peek into you know, behind the curtain sort of stuff about like, mm, so that guy's good, that guy's good. And, you know, just thinking back to last year, one the one guy who, who we talked about here on the show with me and my guy Carter Baines or my guy Carter Baines and I uh, discussed was one of the players who were in playing time after Oregon State spring game was Damian Martinez. Also known as the Pac 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. So they can be a great window, but it is still tough. That it'll be a couple hundred days. But JT and I will be there regardless with everything that you need and all the other guests we bring here on the show. And uh, full disclosure, JT, you are one of my favorites. Don't tell everybody else. You know, hopefully they're not watching or listening to this nice one. Thing but
1: I've heard in the last two days, especially check my comment section. Ooh, ooh,
0: that's not. Well, I'm going to go check that after this because yeah. <laughs> I love some good entertainment. And whatnot. But thanks for taking the time after the tough loss for the Utes. Appreciate it, man.
1: Always great talking with you, Spencer. Thanks for having me on.
0: Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and that'll be tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your day.